Good afternoon, uh, each and every one of you that are joining with us tonight. Uh, my name is, of course, uh, Wayne Moose. I'm sure that you're aware of that. And uh, we're coming to you tonight to do our uh, midweek Bible study. Of course, we are not at the uh, church tonight, and uh, we're doing this from the office of my home. Uh, but hopefully, not before too long, um, we will be able to open the doors back up. And we just want to extend um, our... Uh, I don't know how to say it, you know, just our um, heartfelt uh, missing you to the uh, ones that are coming to the church. We miss you dearly, and uh, we are praying for you guys each and every single day, as well as those of you who have um, messaged us and told us that y'all are being blessed by the services. We give all the Lord, uh, give all the glory unto the Lord, and as well are looking forward to meeting you guys just as soon as the doors open back up. And uh, we pray uh, that each and every one of you are doing good and that God's richest blessings are coming upon you. Of course, let's just continue to remember uh, our country and as well as uh, the uh, sickness and the disease that is spreading through. And I believe that we're beginning to see um, some uh, leveling off with it. But as well, we just need to continue to keep our government, our president, and all of our leaders in prayer. And that God would give them the wisdom that they need uh, to be able to make the right decisions. And of course, that the Lord would just lift this sickness off of not only this country, but as well as uh, in the entire world. But anyways, we know that there are many prayer requests um, that would come in. And if you want to leave us your request in the comment section, please do so. We, pull it, we will put it in our bulletin and as well make sure that we make it a matter of prayer. Amen. And so let's just go to the Lord in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you tonight in the name of your Son, Jesus. And Lord, we are so thankful that, Lord, you have given us the opportunity to be able to come before you, Lord, to come into the throne room of grace. Lord, we run there, God, and we hide. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you shed your blood 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, Lord, that has given us access unto you, Lord, that has even granted us the privilege and the opportunity, Lord, to sit here and to preach your word, Lord, and to teach your word, God. Lord, we are thankful for every blessing that you have extended unto us, Lord, and we realize, God, that we are so undeserving, Lord, but God, because of your grace, Lord, your abundant grace, Lord, God, we are here tonight, Lord. God, we would ask that you would touch all of the people tonight, Lord, and every need that is in their life, Lord. God, you know the hearts of each and every person, Lord, that are watching, Lord, God, that are out there, Lord, and we ask that you would meet those needs that are there, Lord. We, we ask, Lord, that you would touch those that are in our family that are lost and undone, God, Lord, that is most that is important, Lord, and that your spirit would go to them and convict their heart, Lord, and that, Lord, you would draw them unto repentance, Lord, and repentance unto salvation, Lord. God, there's nothing greater, Lord, in this life than to be able to say that it is well with our soul, Lord, and we lift them up before you, Lord, pleading the blood of Jesus Christ over each and every single one of them. Lord, we ask for those that are sick in their bodies, Lord, that you would heal them because we know that you are still the healer, God. Lord, there are many, Lord, that are facing ailments in their body, but God, we know that you've shed your blood on Calvary's cross, Lord, and that healing is in the atonement, Lord. And God, right now, we just ask that you would touch each and every one of them, Lord. For those, Lord, that are battling other needs that are in their life, Lord, you know what they are, God. But I'm so thankful, Lord, that you are the Father, Lord, and that God, even when we can't even begin to utter to you, Lord, how we feel, Lord, you hear the cries of our heart, God. Lord, you're 
such a good, good Father, Lord, and we give you all the praise for it. Lord, we ask that tonight you would help us, Lord, to teach your word, that you would anoint us, Lord, to rightly divide your word. Lord, that you would give us clarity of thought and clarity of speech. And Lord, not only that you would anoint our lips, Lord, to speak your word, but that you would also anoint the hearts of each and every single person that is listening tonight, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that the ground of their heart has been toiled up and that, Lord, as the seed of your word goes forth, that it would fall upon good ground, Lord, and believing you, God, that it would bring forth good fruit and much fruit, Lord. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Again, we see that more of you have jumped on line and started watching us uh, <clears throat> since we went uh, live, so we are so excited, and again, just uh, welcome you uh, being with us tonight. So we want to pick back up with uh, the topic that we have been discussing over uh, the last four weeks of justification by faith. Uh, last week, we were not able to get on here due to a death in the family, and so we want to review a couple of things that we went over uh, two weeks ago and then also expound on that. Um, so we will read two scriptures here tonight in Romans chapter 5, if you want to turn there, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and verses 2. And Paul would say, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith and to this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, anytime that you see the word therefore, and Paul would use these words such as wherefore or therefore throughout not only the book of Romans, but also the other epistles that he wrote. But anytime that you see the word therefore, it's important in the verse is actually every word we know in the Bible is important. And because anytime that you see it, then you have to uh, assume and know that Paul is drawing a conclusion from what has just been stated. Now understand, if you read back in the beginning of Romans, all the way through up to this point in time, Romans chapter 1, Paul lets us know that every man uh, is depraved, that the heart of each and every single man is depraved. Uh, if you want to really get down into the nitty gritty, as I would say, then you would see just how far man has fallen. And we see the effects of the fall in Romans chapter 1, and we still see those effects of today. Uh, many of the things, all of the things that Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 1, about how far man is depraved, and, and how man's conscience is seared, and how sinful man is, we still see that today today, okay? And then in Romans chapter 2, he goes on to let the Jew know that despite your heritage, despite the fact that you are a Jew, and despite the fact that the Lord had given the law to the Jews, does not merit you anything, okay? There's many people whose identity is not in Christ, and because they're, they're the children of a preacher, or because they've been raised up in church, or because they're affiliated with the denomination, and Paul is letting the Jews know, and I'm saying that today, that none of those things merit us nothing with the Lord. It doesn't matter if you've been raised up in church, you go to church three times a week, attend every prayer meeting. These things merit us nothing with the Lord. None of those things constitute salvation with the Lord. In fact, Paul would go on in Romans chapter 3 then and lays it all out in Romans 3 that each and every single man that is alive is guilty. All men are guilty before God. I'm guilty. You're guilty. Every person that has ever been born is guilty before God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3 that all men 
For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I've said it before, and it bears repeating, that in the Greek, we are continuously coming short of the glory of God. We've not only come short of the glory of God before we got saved, but even after we gave our heart to Jesus Christ, we're continuously falling short of the glory of God. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not condoning a lifestyle of sin. In fact, when one gets saved, there should be a change. And we say it, and we'll say it again and again that salvation will tell on you. If you have been blood-bought, you have been saved, and you've been given a new heart, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, Jesus, then there are things about you that are going to change. The way you talk is going to change. The way you walk is going to change. You don't go to the places that you one time go. The desires of your heart has changed. And why is that? Because God has given you a new heart. And because he's giving you a new heart that, that is a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone, now it changed the way you see. It changed the way you view things. It changes the way you talk. But still and yet, even with that heart of flesh, even though you're a new creature in Christ Jesus, there still remains that nature of you, that nature that is corrupt, that nature that is no good, and it still remains. And you will find that you will have problems with it. You will find that at times it will try to rise up and we fall short. We mess up. Okay? But that's why we need salvation. That's why we've got to be saved because there's none that's righteous. No, not one. Not only the fact that we need a salvation, uh, when, of course, uh, we need salvation because we're lost, but even still, we've got to have the blood of Jesus Christ in order to be able to make it. Amen? So again, Paul lets us know then that God has only one way and one way only to reconcile man back to him. And the only way that you, the only way that I, the only way that man can be reconciled back to God is through faith and grace and faith and grace alone, okay? And so Paul tells us in chapter 4 how Paul proves to them that works and ordinances and law obedience renders nothing to man. So you can work all you want to, you can try to keep all the ordinances of the church you want to, obey all the law that you want to, none of that will merit you anything, none of that guarantees you, none of that gains you anything with the Lord. Okay, so we have to understand that it's not natural to the heart of man to go uh, the only way that man can go to get God's grace, righteousness, and peace. Man, especially religious man, desires to do good works to merit favor with God. You have, you have to hear me now. The natural heart does not want to deny self. The natural heart of man doesn't want to say that there's nothing that I can do to uh, earn anything from God. The natural heart of man does not want to deny themselves because, see, self exalts uh, self, and Christ cannot be exalted at the same time as self. You and God cannot both be exalted at the same time. And for God to be exalted, self has to be abased. It has to come all the way down. And in order for, for you to realize that you need salvation, in order to be able to receive that, you've got to realize that there's nothing inside of you that you can do to obtain his grace, to obtain his righteousness, and to obtain this peace, okay? So religious man, though, says, I don't believe that. I believe that I can do good works. And I'm telling you, there are millions upon millions upon millions upon this world today that are trying to obtain the grace of God, that is trying to obtain the favor of God, that is trying to obtain the blessings of God by doing good works. 
We almost view our relationship, many review their relationship or lack thereof with God and on a scales of justice, if you will. They think that if they do more good than bad, that their good will outweigh their bad and that God will somehow turn a blind eye to their sin and give them favor and give them grace and grant unto them righteousness because they have done good things. And let me tell you, doing good things is great, but doing good things, doing good works will never constitute one salvation. It is by faith and grace alone. Amen. So Paul specifically tells us that if man who is working to do good works to obtain righteousness, salvation, receives it, then it's not by grace that man receives it, but it's by death. If God grants unto us salvation by the doing of good works, then that means that God is in debt to us. We are basically saying that we have earned this salvation. Let me tell you, you go to a job and you render your services unto them and at the end of the week they give you a paycheck. And the reason why they give you that paycheck is because you are deserving of that paycheck because you have labored for it, because you have worked for it, and because you have labored and because you have worked then it is the employer's job and they are in debt to you to turn around and to pay you wages for what you have done. And Many take that of what I just told you and they translate that into their salvation or they think salvation with God. They think because I've done these good works that God then has got to give to me. Again, God is not in debt to no man. God will never be in debt to no man. So to work for salvation means that you feel you have merited something and that God owes you something. And let me tell you that tonight that God has nothing for sale. God does not have anything for sale. Salvation is not for sale. Sanctification is not for sale. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for sale. Blessings are not for sale. Peace is not for sale. Healing is not for sale. There is nothing that God has that is for sale. Not only before salvation and even after salvation. The way that we receive anything from the Lord is the same way that we receive salvation and it's by faith and grace alone. Amen. So all one has to to do is is to exhibit faith in Christ and what he has done to receive his grace. Amen. Faith in Christ and in his finished work not only grants unto us salvation but also grants unto us every benefit of Calvary's cross. I'm so thankful tonight that I have been saved, that my sins are washed away and that they are not just words that are just flowing out of my mouth but it's words that are coming from my heart. Hear me tonight. This salvation that I have and the way that I talk is not something that you can just, uh, uh, just you know, just say or just rehearse. There's too many that are just going through the motions. But salvation is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Salvation is not just up here, but salvation must be in the heart. And it breaks my heart to say that there are so many that are in hell today, and so many that will miss heaven today because of the fact that they got it here, but they never got it down here. Salvation is in the heart because that's what God deals with. Do you love me with everything within you? Do you really love me? Because if you love me, then you're going to be obedient to my word. You're going to be in relationship with me. You're going to walk with me and you're going to talk with me. And let me tell you tonight, I don't know who's watching here, but I feel impressed to say it, that God has been knocking at your heart's door. 
and you're miserable deep within and you're searching and you're longing and you see all the what's going on in the world today and you hear of how others are happy even in the midst of all of this stuff but yet you wonder how is it that they've got that let me tell you the reason why the reason why we're happy tonight in the midst of all that is going on is because there is a peace that is within inside that man cannot give let me tell you you can't put a price tag on this peace that i possess tonight because this peace has not been received by man it's not been received for anything that i've done but it is given by the man christ jesus amen this is what the world needs tonight the world needs jesus the world doesn't need man's solution the world doesn't need another opinion what the world needs tonight is jesus christ he's the only answer you hear me tonight? He's the only answer for you. He's the only answer for me. He's the only answer for the entirety of the world. Amen. So again, then we have a sector of people that tries the relative righteousness route. And what I mean by that is that there are some who will say, yes, I have done this. Yes, I have sinned, but it's not nearly as bad as what this one has done. So we find ourselves relating our salvation, if you will, next to the other person beside of us. And we feel like, well, yeah, they've done bad things. And even though I've done bad things, it's not as bad as these things. And so we find ourselves trying to do the relative righteousness round. But comparing yourself to another one gains you nothing with the Lord. It doesn't matter if all I do, if all I have ever done is tell, told a lie versus the one who has lived a life of, of complete corruption. My lie is a sin, and that sin constitutes me death because of the violation of God's word. It's not a matter of how many sins that you commit. It's the fact that we are sinners and that we need saving. Amen? But let me tell you, before salvation, your whole life is a sin, even the good works that you do. And the reason why is because it comes from an evil heart. That heart has got to be changed. The heart has got to be replaced. You can't just put a band-aid upon the heart. The heart has got to literally be done away with, that heart of stone taken out and given a heart of flesh. Amen. So again, the only way that man can be justified, the only way that you are going to be in right relationship with God is to be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I love it so much that in Exodus, when he told the children of Israel that when the death angel was getting ready to come through the camp, he told the children of Israel to dip the uh, to dip the brush there in the blood and with the hyssop and apply it upon the doorpost. And he said, when I come through, when I pass on through and death comes to every house, when I see the blood of Jesus Christ on your house, I will pass over you. That meant death didn't come to the house. Every house that had the blood of Jesus Christ applied to it, death had to pass over. Let me tell you tonight, if the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to your heart and you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, you're not going to die, but you're going to live forever because Jesus Christ has acted as your substitute. He's acted as my substitute. He has suffered the death that I deserved. He has suffered and the death that I should have endured for me. And because of that, I now can live with him forever. Those that have went on, that, that have went on and have already passed from this life and who, who was, whose heart had been given to the Lord, who had been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, they are alive in Christ. They are alive with the Lord tonight because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because when he died on Calvary's cross, he satisfied the justice that was demanded by God for our sin. 
And because of that, now we are accepted into the family of God. I said it before in a message a couple of weeks ago that I preached in the church that God has no grandchildren. God only has sons and he only has daughters. Amen. I am a son of God tonight because of the blood of Jesus Christ and I have been adopted into the family of God. So again, Paul lays it all out in great detail that law constitutes us nothing, that the keeping of ordinances gains us nothing, and that law obedience obtains us nothing. But only faith in Christ and what he has done can has justified us, okay? So therefore, there's the word that Paul used, the conclusion has to be drawn that one is justified with God by faith, and since we are justified now, we have peace with God through, and here's the channel, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the conclusion has to be drawn. Paul's laid it out in Romans 1, Romans 2, Romans 3, Romans 4. You read it all, and therefore we have to get to the conclusion that one to be justified with God it is only through Jesus Christ. And because of that, a tremendous benefit is having peace with God. Amen. John 14 and 6, Jesus will say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Again, singular. Only one way. Only one way to get to God, and that is through Jesus Christ. Amen. So as I said two weeks ago, chapter 5 tells us of the great joy and the blessings that we now have that accompanies our salvation because of what Jesus has done for us. So there are many attributes that accompany salvation. There is tremendous blessings, and there is joy unspeakable and full of glory when one has given their heart to Jesus Christ. Okay, and the greatest thing that one can say is that there is peace. There's peace. To be able to lay my head down tonight on my pillow and to know that it is well with my soul, to know that there is peace with God, to know that if I should close my eyes and I should wake up in the morning, that I'm going to wake up in heaven. And again, it is peace that the world is so desperately looking for, peace that you cannot get any other way with God but through Jesus Christ. There is nothing more important tonight than to be able to know 100% without a shadow of a doubt that you are saved. There are many in the world today, you may be watching right now, and you're not sure of your salvation. You're not sure that, and let me tell you, if you are not 100% sure, if you are only 99% sure, then you better, you can know tonight, but all you have to do is just say, Lord, forgive me. Because there's nothing more important in this life. It is more important than a job. It is more important than your home. It is more important than your bank account. It will always be more important than anything else than to know that it is right with your soul, than to know that you have peace with God. Because when we go to close our eyes in death, the only thing that's going to matter at the end of this life is, is our soul right with the Lord? I don't know about you, but when I stand before the Lord one day, I want to hear the words, well done. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. I want to be able to stand there and hear the words enter in because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Amen. I don't want to be turned away one day, and I'm not going to be turned away one day because I have anchored my faith in Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. My faith is not in law tonight. My faith is not in a denomination tonight. My faith is not in anything that I can do or can't do. My faith is anchored in Christ and what he has done. And that's where your faith has got to be anchored as well in order to have peace with God. Amen. So again, there's nothing more important than justifying peace uh, with God.
Because man without this has no peace with God. Amen. And there is an absence of peace in every heart of every unredeemed person. And, and the peace that we have tonight is abiding peace. Now, what do I mean by that abiding peace? This is peace that goes with you everywhere you go. This peace will accompany you through life and all that you encounter and will stay until the day that we go home to be with the Lord. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter where you are. That peace doesn't leave you. There's abiding peace that despite what the doctor may say, despite what you just faced last week, despite the hell that you may be walking through right now, despite the fire that you might be walking through, right now, there is a peace that passes all understanding that is there with you, that abides with you. This peace doesn't just come when you sit in the four walls of a church. This peace goes with you wherever that you go, on top of the mountain and down in the valley, amen? And so this, the world longs for this peace. But as I said before, this peace you can't purchase. This peace that I have, you can't purchase. It is a free gift that you can receive. But what it costs you is your life. You have to lay down your life in order to have his. In order to have his life, you've got to lay down your life. You've got to die to yourself and say, Lord, I'm surrendering my whole heart over to you. The Lord can't have half of your heart. The Lord can't have 80% of your heart. The Lord must have 100% all of your heart in order for you to be able to possess this peace. A commentator said it like this, Faith enjoys his peace and glories not only in salvation and all that it embraces, but in its divine author, God himself. I love every benefit and blessing that I have because of Calvary's atoning work. But the deep love that we should have should be for him, the author of it, and not so much for the blessings. See, there's many that love the blessings of God and they want the blessings of God. But this love that we have shouldn't just be for the benefits of Calvary, but this love should be for the author of it himself, which is God. Let me tell you something. I couldn't have salvation if he had not even given me the measure of faith to be able to believe him for it. This salvation is none of us and 100% of him. And he gave me the measure of faith and said, now just put it in me. Just put it in what I've done for you at Calvary's cross and you can receive life. You can receive eternal life. So next to this great benefit of peace with God that we have, we now have, Paul goes on to tell us that the one who is responsible for this peace we have has not only accomplished it for us, but has also granted us access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. You think about that. We've got access into the throne room of grace tonight. I think about it like this. It would be like one who is given front row seats uh, to a game that is of high value that one could never afford. And if, isn't, and if that isn't wonderful enough in having front row tickets into a sporting event that would cost you more than you could ever pay, on top of that, you have also been given VIP access to where you now get to have a meet and greet and stand in the presence of the superstars of the game. Now, if the world will hoop and holler over that, can hoop and holler over having front row seat tickets to a game, and will hoop and holler over the fact that they have been given VIP access to be able to stand in the presence of mere mortal man 
How much more should you and I be excited that we, children that once were of darkness, have now been brought into his marvelous light, that are now adopted into the family of God, that are now sons and daughters of the Most High King, and now we have access into the throne room of God. How much more should we be shouting and excited tonight about that? If the world can shout about a football game, if the world can hoop and holler over a basketball game, if the world can hoop and holler over all of this and that and the other that is temporal, how much more should you and I be happy tonight and in full of excitement and joy and knowing that our sins have been washed away, that we have eternal life, that we have abundant life, and not only on top of that, he has given us access into the throne room of grace. Do you understand what I'm saying here tonight? Access to God Almighty Himself. Because my sins have been washed away, because they've been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, I now have access where I was once barred, where I once could never go, where I once would never be heard. Because I have said yes to Jesus Christ, because I my sins have been atoned, because my covering now is in Jesus, because he's paid the price and done it all for me, I now have access to God where I can say, Father, in the name of Jesus, and I've got the ear of the Father. You've got the ear of the Father. But unfortunately, and sad to say, there are very little Christians that take, a, 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 that take a, a, um, a, this tremendous benefit that we have and utilize it. And we shouldn't be just going to God when we've got a problem. Too many believers, too many Christians run to him when they have a problem, but they never just go to him just to say, Lord, I'm coming to you to worship you. I want to enter into your presence. Let me tell you something. I don't run to him just when I've got a problem. I run to him because he's my life. And I desire those intimate moments with him that no one else can provide for me except him. Amen. You see, Ephesians 2.18 says, For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. You see, Jesus Christ is the door unto the Father, and because of what he did, the door was shut and locked where we could have never gotten in, but now it's been unlocked, and it swings open wide for his children to enter in. I think about it when I was a child and living at home with my parents, and the door was always open, and we would run in and out, in and out, in and out. The door was never shut to us because that's where we live. We were a part of the family. And even right now, as grown and on my own and with my own family and in my own home, I know that if I was to go to my parents' home, the door is always open to me. Why? Because I am my mother's child. I am my father's child. And the door is always open to me. But it is left up to me of whether or not I enter in. It is left up to me to be able to go. The door is open. It swings open wide. But yet I... I have to make the choice to be able to enter in. And there's nothing any more wonderful tonight than to be able to say, I've got access unto the Father. Let me tell you, it's not just in the four walls of a building. It's access to him right now. It's access to him at 1 o'clock in the morning. It's access to him at 9 o'clock in the morning. It's access to him on Monday, on Tuesday. We, wherever you're at, if you're in Walmart, I remember one time that I ran into a couple that we used to go to church with and we were looking for cards, greeting cards, and I was there up on the aisle with them there in Walmart and they began to tell me about the problems and they said, well, you just pray for me. And of course I said, yeah, I said, but let's just pray right now. 
It doesn't matter where I'm at because I've got access to the Father, even standing right there in the middle of Walmart. And there our th us three came together and joined hands. And we prayed. And the presence of God was felt. Let me tell you, access unto him. We've got it wherever and whenever. Amen. So man never had this privilege before the cross. No wonder the writer of Hebrews says that we have a better covenant based off of better promises. This is just one of the better things that we have because of the new covenant. And let me tell you something. The cross of Jesus Christ is the new covenant. Amen. It is a complete and finished work. When a man is at peace with God, then he has a desire to draw near to him. Sinful man doesn't have a desire to draw near to God, but a saved man, a man that has been blood-bought, has a desire to draw near unto him. And because he is justified with God, he has the right to draw near. Unredeemed man doesn't have a right to draw near unto God. The only way they have that right to draw near unto him is for repentance, to say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner and I'm coming home. But as a justified man, one that is in Christ Jesus, you now have that privilege and that right to be able to come to God, whereas before you didn't have that right, but now you have it. You see, man was barred from the presence of God because he was a sinner and also because the blood of goats and the blood of bulls can never take away the sin of man. It only acted as a covering. And because God is holy and cannot condone sin, he required and demanded total and complete righteousness. And the only way that it was possible for man to have it was for Christ Jesus to come down here and be the sacrifice for our sin. See, in the temple, in the Old Testament, if you was to read, man was barred from the holy of holies and only the high priest would be allowed access and this was only one day of the year hear me tonight there was a high priest there that was a representative of the children of israel and the high priest was the only person that could go into the holy of holies but they even then the high priest could not only go but one day out of the year he couldn't just go in there whenever he wanted to he could only go in one day of the year and that was the great day of atonement but now Hear me tonight, but now because of the blood of Jesus Christ and because he is my high priest, I don't have to, I don't, I'm not only granted access to him one day of the year, I've got access to him each and every single day, every hour, every minute, every second of the day. This is why it is a better covenant. Who in the world would want to live by law? Who in the world would want to try to live by law and want to go back into that? Grace goes forward. We're underneath the dispensation of grace. And this tremendous privilege of being able to access his throne room is because of what he did at Calvary. The fact that you got to get up this morning and you got to go before the Lord in prayer and him hear you is all because of Calvary's cross. Christ is a source for every blessing, the blessing to be able to access the Father. And the means by which we have this is the death that he suffered and endured on Calvary's cross. Amen. Hebrews 4, 14 and 16 says, Seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Hear me. He didn't just have to go into the Holy. He passed all the way through and applied the blood at the mercy seat. Let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in an all points 
tempted like as we are, yet he was without sin. Let us therefore, here we go, there's that word again, therefore, I've just presented to you the subject matter. I've just told you what our great high priest has done. I just told you that he can be touched with our infirmities. He knows what you're feeling tonight. He knows how you feel. He's already walked this path before you. So because of that, let us therefore, because he's done the work, come boldly unto the throne room of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. First of all, he is the great high priest signaling that there is no other priest needed. Let me tell you tonight, Catholicism is not right, it's wrong. I don't have to go before a man. I don't have to go before what they call a priest. Man cannot forgive man of sin. How is How could that be? Sinful man cannot give absolution to sinful man. There is only one person that can forgive of sin, and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the mediator, and in order for there to be a mediator, there has to be three people involved. It's God the Father, God the Son, and me and you. We are the three persons that are there, and Jesus Christ is the mediator that acts on my behalf and on your behalf that reconciles us back to God. So it is only Jesus Christ that can forgive man of sin. I don't have to go to another man tonight to be able to access the Father. I've got a great high priest. You've got a great high priest. The high priest system was done away with when Jesus Christ came. He finished the work. There's no need for priests anymore. I've got access into the throne room of grace. I don't have to go to another man and him act on my behalf. Jesus Christ has already went before me. He is my high priest. Amen. And so uh, he is the high priest that's passed into the heavens, showing us that he satisfied the demand of justice for our sins and has now went straight into the heavens and he sat down. And the reason why he sat down is because the work is finished. If the work would have never been finished, she could have never sat down. At the end of a day when you work, and at the end of that day when you do all that you do, and you finally complete the work, what do you do? You sit down. You only sit down because the work has been done. Jesus Christ has sat down upon the right hand of the Father because the work is done. Amen. Not only has he atoned, but he is now seated on the right hand of the Father, and he's making intercession for you and me. Right now, Jesus Christ is praying for you. There are things that you will face in your life that are maybe upcoming that you don't, or you're not even aware of, but Jesus Christ has already prayed for you. Right now, you may be going through things in your life and you're walking through the darkest hour of, of the night. You're walking through the valleys. And right now, Jesus Christ is praying for you. You don't even have the words to be able to say, but yet he's praying for you. He's interceding upon your behalf and to the Father. I am so thankful for the people that has lifted me up in prayer this past week. I am so thankful for the people that's lifted up my family in prayer. But let me tell you, even if not one had prayed for us, Jesus Christ has prayed for us and he's still interceding upon my behalf. He's interceding upon your behalf. He's praying for you because he knows exactly what it is that you need. And I'm so thankful that he can be touched with our infirmities. He knows what it is that we're going through. He knows what it is that you're going through. He's already went before you. He knows what it is to experience the pain that you're feeling. And that's why we can pray to him. That's why we can go to him because he can be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. Amen. And because of what he's done, we can now come boldly into the throne room of grace. He didn't say come timidly. 
He said, come boldly into the throne room of grace. Let me tell you, even in the midst of failure, you can still come boldly into the throne room of grace because your sins have been covered. Your sins have been washed away. I didn't, he says, come to the throne room of grace. It's not a throne room of condemnation. It's not a throne room of judgment. But it's a throne room of an abundance of grace. Amen. A throne room of an abundance of grace. And there I can find the mercy, which is what I need most of all. What you need most of all is mercy. And I'm so thankful that his word tells us that his mercies are new every morning. My wife told me a long time ago that when we had went through something very horrific, she said that the mercies of the Lord, yet the day before we had used up all the mercies, but today, there was a new and fresh supply of mercies. God's mercy never runs out. And he gives you the exact measure of mercy and grace that you need for today, for whatever it is that you're going through. Amen. And so there, I can receive the grace, the extension of help from him for whatever it is that I need. Whatever it is that I need, if it's victory over sin, if it's healing tonight, and whether it be physical or emotional, if it's a financial need, if it's an emotional need, whatever it is that I need, I can come into the throne room of grace and receive the help that I need. Let me tell you something. What you can find in a throne room of grace, you won't find in a doctor's office. You won't find in a therapist's office. You won't find in a counselor's office. But in the throne room of grace, you will find everything that it is that you need. Amen. Everything that you need tonight is in that throne room of grace and it has been bought. It has been purchased. It has been paid for by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Do you hear me tonight? What you need tonight, he's already purchased it. It's there. All you've got to do is go in and receive it. You don't have to continue to go around like you are. Go to him. He wants to help you tonight. Go to him. Access him. He's there for you. But you've got to take that step. And not only tonight, but tomorrow. David said early in the morning, will I rise and seek you? He went to him because we need him. You need him. I need him. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for that tremendous benefit and that help and that aid and that direction and that counsel and the strength and the help that he can give, that only he can give, he has already provided. So we have instant and constant access to him. And don't let only the times of trouble be the time that you access him. But access him each and every single day. Jeremiah 29, 13 actually tells us that when we seek him with all of our heart, he will be found. I promise you, when you seek him, when you access him, he will be found. And let me tell you, your demand of his grace and help will never outweigh the, 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 your demand. His supply is greater than than your demand. I don't care what the demand is. His grace is greater. In the world's economy system, we see the law of supply and grace. And we see that, that when the supply is more than, uh, when the demand is more than the supply, then the cost of something goes up. But let me tell you something. The supply is so much greater than your demand that it's free. The supply of grace that you need and the help that you need is so much greater than your demand that is free. It's been bought. It's been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't care what you need tonight. 
I don't care what it is that you need tonight. He's got the supply of grace to give to you. All you've got to do is come to him and to receive. There's nothing like being saved tonight. Of knowing that my sins have been washed away. But that also we have access into him by faith. By faith. Through grace we have access unto him tonight. Amen. Amen. I pray that this word has been a blessing to you tonight. And uh, just continue to be in prayer for us as we are praying for you. We love and miss every one of you that has been a part of our services in the church. Know that we're praying for you. And for those of you that we haven't met yet that have left uh, comments to us of letting us know how this has been a blessing to you. We give all glory and honor and praise unto the Lord. And, and we look forward to meeting you. And we're just praying that, that this uh, restrictions will soon be lifted up. And that we can go back and have the doors open. And we can just come back together as one family worship in the king of kings amen we love each and every one of you we're praying for you and uh, if there's anything that you need at all don't hesitate to reach out to us amen we love you god bless